welcome to King's Church. I am so glad and joyful to get to be here with you. Uh, Mackenzie and Catherine and I, we just got back from India yesterday, so we're a little tired. It's like one in the morning in our bodies uh, over in India, uh, but we're so grateful to be here. It was a blessing to go overseas and uh, sing and pray and meet people uh, from different tribes and tongues and nations, right, who speak different languages from us, but their name is also written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and we get to worship the same God. Uh, that is, that's an encouragement, but there's nothing like being home with our church family here at King's Church. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful to be here. I'm excited uh, to share in a little bit what we got to experience while we were in India, um, and also dive in today talking about Scripture. Today, if you're new with us, it's a little bit different than what we normally uh, do here at King's Church. Normally, right, we just, we take a book of the Bible and we preach through it verse by verse. And we're going to be starting that next week. We're starting in Philippians, uh, reading about uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians and getting to see how we have joy in Christ and we get to rejoice with one another. Um, so we have some Philippians journals back in the back. If you want to pick one up, we'll be starting that series next week. Um, and that is a couple weeks. I don't know how long it'll be. Um, but today and, and last Sunday, what we've been doing is focusing on two things. One, last week, Chad talked about how we want to be dedicated to prayer. And he walked through that. And then we launched what we're going to be trying to do once a month is, is prayer meetings with our entire church, where we intercede for others and we make our requests known to the Lord. And this week, and we're wrapping up this little two-week interlude, talking about we want to be dedicated to Scripture. And so as King's Church, right, we want to be, be praying. We're a praying church. And we also want to be a church who is submitted to the authority of the Word of God. Um, I'm excited to talk about this topic. If I could talk about anything, I think I would just choose Scripture. I would love people to be dedicated to the Word of God and have that change our lives. So before we dive in and get to our big idea, would you just pray with me? Uh, Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. That, that you have given us your word. Father, that we can come to know you because you have uh, seen fit uh, to speak throughout history and have humans record your words. God, I pray that in this year, we as a church would just be dedicated to your word. Would you be moving through it, changing hearts, changing lives? Will we then be bold with the word to go and share that with people around us? Father, we love you. Would you open our eyes so that we may behold wonderful things from your law? Would you be moving here today? Give me the words to say. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So once again, I said I'm excited for this topic. It's both a really easy topic to talk about and a really difficult one, right? That, that scripture is a bottomless well. It's living and active. And so I could open the Bible and just start talking. So it's an easy thing because there's anything to talk about. The hard part is that it's a bottomless well, and we could talk about anything. And so I'm not going to be able to do Scripture justice, but quickly, I'll try to just give you four reasons for why you should read your Bible this year. And after that, I'll give four recommendations for how to start studying Scripture, if you've never really done this before. So today, before we dive in, I want, I want you to leave with this idea, this big idea. I hope that you will search the Scriptures to behold and be changed by the glory of God. Simply, read your Bibles. And as you read your Bibles, the Holy Spirit does a miracle in our hearts, right? The, the Word is living and active, and He will begin to reveal who God is through these words and leave you a changed person. 
So I hope, again, that we would search the scriptures and be changed by who God is. So a couple of reasons, though. Why should you read your Bible? The first reason is simple. We're commanded to read, study, and know scripture. Joshua 1.8 says this. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So back in the Old Testament, Joshua is called to lead the entire Israelite nation. Right, This is right after Moses has died. And he's got some big shoes to fill. And so what does God tell him to do? He says, meditate on my law day and night. Scripture would be his guide for how to live, lead these people. And he's also meant to be an example for the whole Israelite nation. What should they be doing? They should be uh, aware of, of what God has taught them through this law, and they should follow that and obey that. And he's also an example to us, right? We, too, as believers today, should know and study and read God's law to meditate on it day and night and to be careful to obey everything that he says. One other example is from Paul's last letter. In his last letter, what does he want to impart to Timothy, who he's writing to? He wants to tell him to read the word and to know how to use it. In 2 Timothy 2.15, this is what he writes Timothy. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So not only should we know and study and dwell and meditate upon scripture, we also need to be able to use it, and we have to use it correctly. Right? So, so what does that mean? How do we use scripture correctly? That means that we don't take verses out of context. With scripture, we don't just pick and choose what we like and discredit other things. We don't get to skip over the hard passages, but we submit ourselves to the entire word of God. That's one reason why here at King's Church, we preach expositionally. We don't just pick passages that we as pastors like. As pastors, we don't get to just say, here's a word from the Lord that he's revealed to me. What we say are the words of God because it comes from scripture. And so as we're preaching, don't just take what we say at face value. Study the scriptures for yourselves. And if we say something that's inconsistent with scripture, please come talk to us. Because at King's Church, we want to be obedient to the word, and we want to be faithful to what it says. So the first reason, why do we read our Bibles this year? We're told to. We're commanded to, right? Just like in the Great Commission, we're told to go and make disciples. We're also commanded to read. And some days, it's what you need, right? You wake up, you're tired, you really don't want to open this book. But in those days, we can choose and we can say, God has told me to read this book, and I want to be obedient to him, therefore, I'll read. That being said, I don't want us to begrudgingly open our book right every day this year. I don't want, us, I don't want this to be a chore. Some days it might feel like that. So what are other reasons for why? What is some motivation for why to read our Bibles? The second reason is that the Bible, this book is a solid foundation for your life. Right, we're in a world that is surrounded by distractions. There are limitless possibilities for what you can do with your life. There, there's billions of dollars that are spent trying to buy your attention. And some days, we just need something that's dependable, that we know to be true. And so I want to pose to you today that the Word of God is a timeless foundation. 
that can sustain and support you in the midst of this crazy, fast-moving world. Jesus says in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So, so the foundation of the scripture is more stable than everything we can see around us, right? More sturdy than the mountains, God's word will last forever. One verse, I'm sure you know it, my mom used to quote it to us all the time, is Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. My mom would quote this verse, and then she would say, know the word, know the word, know the word, abide, abide, abide. And at a young age, she was trying to teach us that God's word is what is a dependable foundation for my life. This is what I should be studying with my life. And I'm here to say that, that she's right. That scripture truly is a trustworthy and timeless book that can lead us in our life when we don't know where to go. But a lot of people don't respect the Bible. Right? Today they'll say logic and science and history have disproven the need for religion. That religion is, is something that people just make up so they can go to bed at night. Something that, so that they can feel comfortable. And so they discredit the Bible as simply a fantasy work from history. And if at times you have doubts, that's okay. But I would encourage you to begin looking at the Bible, look into the historicity of it. How, how it is proven to be true. Charles Spurgeon, someone asked him one time to defend the Bible. And he says, defend the Bible. I'd sooner defend a lion. You don't defend the Bible. You open its cage and you let it roar. And so if you have those doubts, again, that's okay. We don't have time to talk about the historical accuracy, how there is an internal self-authenticating glory to Scripture, how there's inner-consistency with it, how God has moved through history through multiple authors over multiple languages to have a unified story of Scripture. We could do a whole equip class on that. But hear me today, and hopefully would you trust me that it truly is a reliable source and something that you can base your life upon. And I'd encourage you, base your life upon the Bible, and you'll never be on the wrong side of history or the wrong side of God's judgment. While, while, while you're obedient to this book, you might be on the wrong side of culture. You might be on the wrong side of persecution. You might be on the wrong side of a family argument. You might even lose a job by being obedient to scripture, I'd encourage you, stay faithful to scripture. Base your life upon it and you will never be on the wrong side of history because the God who is writing history, who holds everything in his hands, who will judge all peoples, he is the one who has given us this book. So if we are obedient to what he says, we can know we have salvation unto the end in him. So truly, know the word, know the word, know the word. Abide, abide, abide. His scripture is a wonderful foundation for your life. And the, and the third point answers the question of why is it a good foundation? And it's not a good foundation because it's just a good book. It's a good foundation because it is a God-breathed, God-inspired, inerrant book. So the reason three for why you should be reading scripture is because scripture is the very words of God. And it reveals God to his people. Famous passage, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. All scripture is, God, is breathed out by God 
and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So this book is a divinely inspired book. These are words that God has given his people so that we might know him. For some reason, God has chosen that through a book we come to know God, which honestly just amazes me, right, that you can look at creation and you see that there's got to be a creator. There's order. There's something more than just the physical world. In India, we talk about that, that they believe in, right, one big universal power that sometimes has manifest manifestations in millions of other gods. People just kind of see and think that there is a God. And this God has chosen to show us who he is, and he's done that through scripture. So through our Bible, we come to know God as our father. We understand that he is a God who, who judges sin. And because of that, we, we have a need for salvation. And we get to learn about that. That means of salvation is Jesus Christ, who has been prophesied since the very first book of Genesis. And who will one day, who will reign as king, we see that in Revelation. So we get to know God through scripture. This is one reason why we study it. It's just not a, a textbook that we're told to memorize. It's not a nice self-help book that, that gives us good building blocks for our life, right? This is a window through which we get to behold God. And as you behold God, glory changes you. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. John Piper writes about this passage and just talking about how we begin to behold things through Scripture, it changes us. He says, beholding is becoming. We are transformed by seeing. And the nature of this transformation is shaped by the nature of what is seen. So we see the glory of the Lord, and we are changed from one degree of glory to another. And this leads us to the last point. Why do we study Scripture? What I just said is because we, get to, we come to know God through His very word. And as you see God, you are changed. So reason four, why you should be reading your Bible this year. The word of God has power to change lives. These words truly are powerful, right? It was the words of God that brought creation into existence. The word of God became flesh and has dwelt among us. This is one thing that God says about his own word in Jeremiah 23, 29. He says, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. His word is powerful. His word is also effective. Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, or it doesn't ever return void. But it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So God's words are powerful, they are effective, and they have a purpose. So why does God send out his word What's the point? Romans 10, 13 through 17. This is Paul again. He's writing. The words of God go out because we need to be saved. Picking up in verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? 
As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? But here's the key. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Somehow, the proclaimed word of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is what saves sinners. The gospel that we learn about through scripture, as that gets proclaimed, God moves, and he awakens dead hearts and gives life. God's word is powerful and it is effective to do this. And if you have never heard this good news, if you don't know what we're talking about of of why we need salvation, hear it again from the book of Romans. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have all made mistakes and because of that we are liable before God. And so what's the cost? What's the punishment for it? Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. So before God, because of your sin, you deserve death. You are literally on death row for our sins. But, Romans 5.8, while we were still sinners, Christ God's Son, a perfect sacrifice, took our punishment that we deserved, right? We deserved death. Christ died. But three days later, he rose again, proving that sin and death had been conquered. And now we can have salvation in him by Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is the salvation that has been made known through scripture and now we get to go and proclaim to others. And if you have done that, if you have confessed that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, then 1 Peter 1, 23 applies to you. It says, you have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. So again, somehow, I don't know how it works, it's literally a miracle, but the Holy Spirit moves through the declaration of this good news of Jesus Christ that we learn about through Scripture, and he brings salvation. So the dead come to life, and as we study Scripture, we are transformed by Scripture. And this, this word is a window through which we get to behold God. This word is a solid foundation for our lives. And we're commanded to know this word. So I hope this year you join us in trying to be dedicated to prayer and also to scripture. Studying it so that we might know who God is and be changed. So I hope you want to, because I want to. But how do you do this? There's a lot of things, again, I, I can't consolidate everything, but I'll just give you four recommendations for reading scripture this year. Number one, I'd recommend that you create a habitual time to read your Bible. Uh, For me, this is right early in the morning, and if I don't do it first thing, then by the end of the day, I have a million excuses for why I shouldn't read my Bible, or I have a million distractions trying to pull me away from this. For you, though, it might be over your lunch break, or maybe as soon as you get home from work, that's when you spend time in the Word. Or maybe it's right before you go to bed. That's what I did when I was in college. Life changes. But I recommend finding a habitual time. Because we're creatures of habit and it's nice to have this, this time where we're ready to go and spend time in the Word. And I also want to manage our expectations, right? I've been talking about that, that in Scripture we get to see the glory of God. It changes you and it does. However, some days can be boring. 
right? You're reading about how many sheep and oxen and bulls and gold each tribe of Israel is dedicated to the temple. Is that glorious? I mean, yes, because it's in the Bible, but it it can be boring at 6 a.m. in the morning. But I want to encourage you with a habitual time to continue to read through the Bible. And I promise you that every day you spend reading Scripture, it's another step on a hike that leads us to a greater view of who God is. And it will leave you longing for more. So create a habit to spend time in the Word every day. Recommendation two for reading, so we said when, what do you read? I would recommend reading broadly and reading deeply, or reading quantitatively and qualitatively, right? Read as much as you can. It's not all going to stick, but that's okay. But then you get to see God's plan from Genesis to Revelation, how he has made a way for his people to come be with him for his glory. To, to read a lot, sometimes that can also be just listening, while you're in the car, you can, you can play an audio Bible um, through an app and just learn and be washed with the word. But also, slow down. Take time. Think about scripture. Ask questions. Apply it to your life and let the Holy Spirit move through the scripture, right? It is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to pierce both bone and marrow, soul and spirit. So let the word of God dig in, root out a lot of idols that we have. Take your time with it. Sometimes that means picking a plan, right? You can, you can do a Bible read through in the year. You can hop in with some, some studies. You can start with the Gospel of Mark. That's a great Gospel if you've never been reading a lot of Scripture to just begin in. You can also pick up a bookmark for Philippians and, and use this as a guide as we're going through this study in Philippians for each week to study what's in there. That could be a guide for you this year. And as you're reading, ask questions, right? Let the Holy Spirit move. So when do you read? What do you read? How should you read? Recommendation three, here at King's Church, we use the sword method. The sword method just asks four questions that help you dissect the passage. The first is, what does this passage say about God? What do we learn about man? What's the context of this passage? How does it fit in the whole greater narrative of Scripture? And then finally, how does this apply to my life? And taking time, asking questions, journaling can help you uh, slow down and let the Holy Spirit speak to you through those words. And finally, this might be a little bit different, but recommendation number four is I'd really recommend and commend to you memorizing scripture. I, I haven't done this most of my life. I really just started last year. But truly, I don't think there's a better way besides memorizing scripture to let the words of God just permeate your mind and impact your heart and change you, right? And then you can literally be driving in your car and you can study the Bible because you have God's word in your mind. You can be going to sleep reciting scripture. I think it's through memorized scripture that that is how you can then be obedient to dwell on the law of the Lord both day and night, right? They didn't have flashlights back then. They might have not even had their own copies of scripture. So for them to do that, they had to know scripture and memorize it. And finally, The only way scripture is glorious to us, the only way we can have strength to persevere through this is through the power of the Holy Spirit. So pray. Every time I open the word, I pray Psalm 119, 18, that the Lord would, would you open my eyes that I might behold wonderful things in your law. And he's faithful to do it, right? God promises to come and meet us in that. So in conclusion, 
I hope you will join us in Case Church in reading your Bibles this year because it's made a truth. It's a solid foundation for our lives, right? They're words of God that reveal him to us. We get to know God through the Bible. And four, as we know God, it changes us. So would you join us in that? The la- last thought, um, in John 6, Jesus feeds the 5,000. A lot of people go and betray him or they walk away. They, they don't want to uh, follow Jesus. And so he turns to his disciples and he says, will you go away also? And Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. We have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One. So would we, where else can we run this year? Would we run to Scripture and come and know him? And he is faithful to meet us there. Hosea 6.3 says, let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. His going forth is as sure as the day. And he will come to us like the rain, like the spring rain that waters the earth. So come to the word. Would you be refreshed by meeting God there? Would we be dedicated to the word of God this year? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, again, we thank you um, that we have scripture, God, that I know I can call you Father because you have written that down, that Jesus Christ was sent to earth and, and, and showed people how you were our good Father. God, he taught us how to pray, and, and we still have those words with us because you have preserved scripture. God, I, I pray that this year uh, we would be dedicated to scripture, that we would seek to be obedient to come to know you in the word. And would this just uh, set a a habit for the rest of our lives? God, would we uh, feel out of place? God, would it be an odd day if we don't spend time in your word? Would there just be a need for us to come to the well, God, to to the living and active word of God? So would you just move and be powerful in us? It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Not done yet.